welcome back to Your Best Friends Podcast. I am your host, Aurora, and today I am super excited about my guest, April. Hey. So, April, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, so, I'm April Davis. I am the founder and creator of the Vagina Blog and the Vagina Blog Podcast. I... I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. So a lot of people probably remember about a year ago, we did an episode about sex and it was super requested. It was one of the best episodes we've ever done. People are like, I still get notifications. People are listening to it all the time. But after that episode came out, our DMs were filled with people saying that they wanted one specifically about females and more specifically about like female pleasure and orgasms and stuff because a lot of people I think especially in Utah don't really have a good understanding of things before they become sexually active and so Mm -hmm. I had a lot of people say I need more information but also I think that you should just share more information I just I think you can't have too much information when it comes to like sex education I think Like, I feel like I'm pretty educated, but then I am still learning new things. Oh, same. Absolutely. I mean, I do this all the time and I am constantly learning. Yeah. So that is one reason I'm so excited. But I knew in order to do like this follow-up episode, it wasn't something that I had all the knowledge to do, which is enter April. So um, tell me a little bit about how you started the vagina blog. Um, so I, I have a background in emergency medicine. Okay. And I, um, worked, so my background's so funny. I, I went to college for emergency medicine and also digital motion picture production. So okay. I did a lot of design, photography, video, and then also emergency medicine. I okay. truly, my heart lives in both fields. It's mm-hmm. a weird place to be. Um, so I worked for a certified nurse midwife as her birth assistant for a couple years and also worked as a doula. Um, and then as a birth photographer all at the same time, you know, kind of living my life on call and constantly attending births. And it allowed me to observe birth in a lot of different environments to see how people were treated at births in different environments. Um, and working for a nurse midwife was awesome because she not only did uh births she also did gynecological care so she's our nurse practitioner for our Planned Parenthood here at the time and then had her own patients and so I was kind of able to see not just birth but some of the gynecology as well so I got a really great taste of all that and I loved it um after the birth of my third and after one of my other kids having some health concerns being on call just wasn't an option for me. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with all of this knowledge that I have and all of this? I, I feel very protective of women. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, that instinct is so strong. I feel like for me, I was like, what can I do? And it just made so much sense to start a blog, start an Instagram, start a podcast and kind of dive into that world. I was already kind of working as a women's health consultant for a couple of their blogs at the time and doing things for them. And so, you know, switching to my own platform uh, really just made sense. Yeah. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your experience, um, like working with a certified nurse midwife, because I, um, I had a midwife deliver both of my babies at home. Mm -hmm. And so it's definitely in my, I mean, I haven't had a baby in a hospital, but 
a very different experience. So mm-hmm. I'd love to hear a little bit about um, not necessarily like the difference in care, but just like, well, I mean, I guess we could talk about that too, but just like the differences there that you noticed. Um, probably the most stark difference for me, when I would show up as the photographer, I was a fly on the wall. So I got to observe births as they happened to people who didn't have the protection of a doula. Because when I showed up as a doula, my clients were treated a certain way because they knew there was a doula there. And it was interesting because I I would get there, you know, to the hospital most of the time and they would say, it's weird. They weren't talking to us or explaining anything. But since you've been here, they've been explaining and asking us permission to do everything now. Interesting. Yeah. So when I say protection of a doula, I truly mean protection and The other thing too, I live in Southern Utah. We have a fantastic hospital. They take great care of of the people that they treat here. Uh, And I've been really pretty impressed with them. I've seen some really horrible, terrible things happen there. I've also seen terrible things happen in home birth with other midwives though too. And so I think it's really important to interview your care provider. Um, It's important to tour wherever you're planning on delivering. Um, I obviously adore home birth myself. That's who I was working for was a a home birth nurse midwife, which is such a rare find. Um, I had my third at home. Um, The one thing I will say about home birth that's hard is you own it. When you go to the hospital, you're like, oh, they'll probably take care of that. And I don't have to worry about that. And someone's going to change my diaper and feed me for two days. Right. (laughs) When you have a home birth, you have to think that through. You have to, you know, make sure your house is kind of put together. You have to get your supply kit yourself. Like... You have so much more control of the situation, which I think a lot of people really like love and thrive in, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's different. It's totally different. I've had two in the hospital and then I've had one at home and, and each birth has been such a completely different experience. Yeah. I can only imagine. I mean, I feel like, cause my mom also had most of her babies at home, but she had a Mm -hmm. few in the hospital and yeah, it's just, I think what you said about control, I feel like is what it boils down to for a lot of people, even if they don't think so. Like mm-hmm. when you said that, I was like, ah, that's, <laughs> yep. there it is. Yep. Because yeah, that's so interesting. Um, well, I love that you have that specific background, yeah. like leading into it, that you have such an like intimate knowledge of everything, not even just like on the care side, but you know, that you got that gynecological like aspect when you were working with the midwife as well. Absolutely. So when did you start the vagina blog? The vagina blog is about two and a half years ago. Okay. And did the podcast start at the same time or when did that, no, when was that one? Okay. I did, podcast is still pretty new. I just put out my 17th episode. So she's <gasps> my new baby. I think I started her back in December. So it's, okay. the podcast is fresh. <laughs> fun. Podcasting is so much fun. I've been doing it for about it. a year and a half and mm-hmm. absolutely love it. Um, okay. So let's... I'm trying to think what we should talk about. Like if we should just dive in to some questions or if we should maybe talk about like, um, let's just get into some questions, I think. And then yeah. I feel like I feel like everything else will kind of naturally, like <laughs> we'll talk oh, about yeah, them. Definitely. So on Instagram, I asked all of you what questions you had for April. Um, and so we'll just start at the beginning. Um, the first question we got was, is it possible to have an orgasm without like, bef- is it, sorry, is it possible to have had an orgasm before, but not know about it? 
Mm, my <laughs> personal opinion on this is that you probably know. I I'm with you there. I feel like I, I've heard that before. Like um, mm-hmm. like I w- used to be in like a sex positive group on Facebook, and mm-hmm. a lot of people would ask questions like that, and they would be like, "Well, I felt really good, so I feel like." I feel like I must have had one, right? And everyone's like, you would know. <laughs> that's that's what's hard. And it's it's interesting because, you know, stimulation feels good. So mm-hmm. that's the nice thing. And and that's one of the I, I love the book Come As You Are mm-hmm. by Emily Nagoski. I recommend that to anyone and everyone. Like yeah. there there's no one that could not benefit from that book. Mm-hmm. And this is something that she kind of talks about um in, in her book as well. And so I think there can be some confusion because stimulation feels good. Um, being connected, like if you're having partnered sex, it feels good to be intimate with your partner. And so, but I, I feel like typically you're going to know if you've had an orgasm or if you're on that brink mm-hmm. of orgasming for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next question is, is it normal to be kind of disgusted by the smell down there? guys we got to normalize this Mm -hmm. we have got to normalize that i love um i've kind of switched i i call it a scent Mm -hmm. vaginas have a scent yeah Uh, testicles have a scent yes i've never once heard a guy be like and i'm so self-conscious about my ball smell that's true it just (laughs) keeps me up at night no never ever ever i've never thought about it that way but you're right Balls have a smell though. Right. Only smells like balls. You're right. But no, no male in my life has ever been like, man, I just, I worry about it. I don't know if women are going to like me or men are going to like me because my testicles, they they have a smell. They kind of, they smell like testicles. Right. Ridiculous. That is so (laughs) funny. And you're totally right. Right. Um, We got to make peace. Yes. It's a scent. Vaginas have a scent. Yes. And I feel like the more I've embraced that that is just part of my like delicious feminineness, Mm -hmm. the more I've been like, I just don't care. I mean, there's definitely a big difference too between healthy vagina smell and infected vagina smell. Right. I was going to bring that up next. I was going to ask. So if you've got like a, a sour smell fishy overly fishy odor um anything over the top that it's like this is problematic go see your healthcare provider mm-hmm. have them check it out i always recommend just run in um bacterial vaginosis is really on the rise especially with how rampant like birth control uses and unfortunately too if you're with a lot like multiple partners and things like that that can introduce new bacteria mm-hmm. every time which can cause reoccurring bacterial vaginosis as well so that has a very distinct odor and so if you're struggling with reoccurring yeast infections reoccurring bv reoccurring any of this you are going to be struggling kind of with more of like a smell and there's tons of treatment options for those that can kind of help Mm -hmm. but if you're dealing with like a normal vaginal scent up your fruits and veggies yeah you know and eat healthfully drink lots of water and don't worry about it embrace it i'm with you i think the only time i feel like when i was pregnant I would be really bothered mm-hmm. by the smell. But other than that, I feel like I feel like in college I was really like self-conscious of it and I felt like I could mm-hmm. always smell it. But then mm-hmm. like once I got married, I just kind of stopped caring and either it stopped smelling so strongly or I just stopped noticing. <laughs> One or I the think other. I stopped caring. 
And even with pregnancy, I'm like, well, I'm also sensitive to every Everything. smell while I'm pregnant. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know that I, I mean, I'm definitely more mucusy right, right. for sure, so of course. But I'm like, I think every smell is offensive. Exactly. exactly. When you're pregnant, you're like, I don't want to smell a single thing ever, no. ever, nothing. <laughs> um. Okay. Someone else asked, is squirting a thing for everyone or just for some people? Oh, man, you guys, this has been a project of mine really? because I get asked about squirting all day long. People want to know about this. I mean, I'm curious. <laughs> so um, I've done some research on it. I'm under the impression that it's definitely something that you can, a skill you can develop. It's been a personal project of mine to try and develop this. I haven't, haven't achieved it. So I, uh, I don't know. I had a roommate in college who squirted and it's so funny because she was wildly embarrassed mm-hmm. about it it was not a thing yet and couldn't believe that this thing happened to right her. like she was just horrified and now i have everyone banging down my door like how do i learn how to do this so is there like a difference in like is there a heightened pleasure that comes along with squirting or is it just like for, I think it's a performance art. I was going to really say, do. I was like, I, is it just for the bragging rights? Like, <laughs> I think so. I, I honestly, I don't, it's just typically it's from very vigorous G-spot spot stimulation mm. that's been sustained for a long time. Um, which if you're into that, like if you love G-spot stimulation, then I mean. Go for oh, it. Which I do. That's right. why I'm like, hey, I might as well learn how to do this. But it's, it's interesting too, because it's, it's fluid that builds up in your skein's glands and your Bartholin's glands. Like, so it's, the whole thing's just fascinating to me more mm-hmm. than anything, but I think for a lot of people, they want to perform. And right. for me, I'm like, I mean, that's great if that's something you really want to try to do, but don't put too much weight in it. Go in and have fun. Right. You know, exactly. Yeah. So, so when you mentioned the specific fluids, that's another question that I personally have, because I've heard a lot of people say, oh, it's just pee. So it's not pee. (laughs) Once again, my understanding of this is that it is not urine. Good. Um, It is a fluid buildup in your skeins or Bartholins. They're still kind of, it's really interesting researching it because they're still kind of trying to figure out how this phenomenon happens. And the unfortunate truth too is, you know, I think a lot of this stems from porn Mm -hmm. and what you're seeing in porn may or may not be real. Right. So I think people need to hang on to that. And also that person may have been talent hired because they have a very specific talent yes <laughs> that not everyone has <laughs> naturally right exactly right okay so that makes sense so most people probably have the ability but it's yeah like with most things you have to practice <laughs> you have to practice and investigate and see and you know kind of kind of play with it it's it's definitely I don't know. I haven't been able to really like squirt across the room yet, guys. I'm working on it. <laughs> Will return and report. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay. Why can't men find the dang clit? Is another question we got. Because we're not telling them where it is. That's true. But at the same time. Because we don't know where it is ourselves. I was going to say, I feel like if you know where it is, I, I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's right there. But mm-hmm. if neither party has a good sex education, then they don't know, like, how to differentiate, I guess, would be the problem. Mm-hmm. So it's all just, yep. quote unquote, vagina. And that's yeah. and that's it. And this this is a great time for an anatomy lesson. So your external genitalia True. is actually your vulva. 
mm-hmm. your lips are your labia, and the inside that canal that leads up to your cervix and uterus, that's actually your vagina. Um, and so your your clitoris is right up under that hood of labia, mm-hmm. right under your your pubis mons. I mean, it's it's just at the top yeah up at the top so nice and neat it's the part that feels good so just feel around feels good (laughs) let that guide you (laughs) exactly if you don't want to look just feel and you'll find it look too. take a mirror right look at yourself i highly recommend to get some coconut oil or some yummy lube and like lube up feel around make sense of things get a mirror take a look at everything i'm a huge advocate for knowing your own body and you this isn't something you have to do alone this is something that you can do with a partner if if it makes you more mm-hmm. comfortable have your partner be part of this they probably would love to know too yeah no that's true well and i think a lot of times people expect their partner to just know things mm-hmm. without because i think a lot of people are uncomfortable communicating oh, like yeah. i know there was a time where i was really uncomfortable communicating and i just wanted him to telepathically know mm-hmm. exactly what i wanted and then when it didn't happen exactly how I wanted, I would get upset. Mm-hmm. And then and then you just ruin everything. Yep. And so I think, yeah, I think if, I think it's not, I mean, I think some men are really lazy. And well, I think some partners, I think it, I think it goes both ways. Totally. But sometimes people are lazy and they don't want to, they don't want to put the effort in. And then I think that's less of an issue of them not being able to find it and not like, and they're, you know, mm-hmm. they're just not a very good, very good at reciprocating. <laughs> Which is why, and let me, I cannot preach this gospel enough. Do not fake orgasms. Yes. If you are faking orgasms, you are lying to your partner mm-hmm. about one of the most intimate parts of your life. I hope that helps put it in perspective. Do not fake orgasms. It is so damaging to your relationship. All mm-hmm. you're doing it is teaching someone what you don't like. That's true. That's true because then they're going to continue to do the thing yep. that you you faked to get out of it. Yep. And so they're going to keep doing that. Yep. They think <laughs> they're now doing you're... a great job and everyone's having right. a pleasurable time. You're actually not. Mm-hmm. And they're going to keep doing that. And if you ever come clean one day, how harmful is that to mm-hmm. your relationship that you've been lying for however many years? That's true. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. I tell everyone, don't fake orgasms. The other thing that I I try to tell people is it is so important to talk to your partner about your sex life. Do not do it at 11 o'clock at night when someone has an erection. Do it at lunch. (laughs) Go to lunch. Do not take your kids. Have that on the agenda. Be like, we're going to talk about our sex life and then talk about things that you're doing well. Talk about things you want to try. Talk about new toys you want to play with. Talk about whatever else is going on. Talk about the fact that you're nursing and you're tired and you don't like where your sex life is at and you need Mm -hmm. somehow to make sex easier for you to say yes to because you're so tired and your libido is gone because you just had a baby three months ago. Exactly. One thing that... um that just reminded me when my husband and I had been married about a year we had the conversation and but instead of over lunch what we did was we sat down and had dinner but I found online a subscription box called Mm -hmm. I think it was something fantasy box and they had like a very vanilla first box and they just sent like note cards was like the biggest part of it where we were able to and not like not anonymously obviously there were just the two of us but Mm -hmm. like privately 
answer questions about how we felt our sex life was, what we wanted, and that sort. And then we exchanged cards. Mm -hmm. And for me, someone who is very non-confrontational and felt at the time very uncomfortable telling my husband what I needed, Mm -hmm. that was so helpful to me to be able to be able to tell him without feeling embarrassed. Mm -hmm. You know, me being like, hey, I think we should spice things up a little. How do you feel? Because there's also, I think, that element of rejection. If Mm -hmm. like you tell them you want to try something and they're like, no way. And then you're like, cool. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) Just seeing what you were going to say. You're like, I was just joking. I definitely don't want to do that. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think the conversations are really good. And I mean, what a good time to do that right now. Yeah. I mean, we're a lot of us are stuck at home, not stuck at home, but, but at home, home but, but home, home all the time. <laughs> and so might as well use this time to sit down with your partner and be mm-hmm. like, all right, these are the things that I really wish that we could change. And and I don't think it has to be negative. You can be really no. positive and be like, these are all the things that I love that we do. Yeah. And I heard about this in that on the vagina blog. Mm-hmm. How about we try it? And... What if we put that? Well, and it's like I said too. I think as we go through the seasons, mm-hmm. we need to reevaluate and talk about what's working and what's not not working mm-hmm. as we go through seasons because we're going to go through them. The longer you're in a relationship, if you have kids, mm-hmm. if you move, if you have health problems, if you have, it's amazing how much all of those changes in life just affect your sex life. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's so essential that you're in a place where you can talk to your partner or yourself about what's going on yeah exactly well and also things like changing birth control like Mm -hmm. they're just i mean everything like anything changes in the rest of your life and it could very well affect your sex life 100 percent today's episode is sponsored by the girl means business podcast the girl means business podcast is a weekly podcast hosted by former teacher turned entrepreneur kendra swalls Each week, she and her guests share business and marketing tips along with honest conversations around what it means to be a boss babe balancing a business while raising a family. She covers topics like overcoming perfectionism and how to increase engagement on Instagram. New episodes go live every Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere else that you listen to your favorite podcasts. Make sure that you subscribe so you get notified when new episodes go live. You can check out the show notes for a direct link to listen. Okay, so yeah, so let this everyone be your message to to sit down with your partner and Mm -hmm. have a little talk. Yes. Um, So the next question is, how many times do you need to have sex until you feel comfortable and figure out what you like? I think that's entirely individual. I I mean, I wish I had such an easy answer. Mm -hmm. I know um, for me personally, it took a little while. I think um, the female sexual response especially is very learned. Yeah. And we kind of have to learn what that's like, what that looks like. That really requires a lot of exploration. And like I said, this can be on your own. This can be with your partner. This can be, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can kind of do this, but I think the more open you are to getting to know your own body, Mm -hmm. uh, the more successful you're going to be with sex being pleasurable, with being able to reach orgasm. And this is another fantastic question where if someone asked me, I would immediately point them towards the book, Come As You Are. It's so good. Um, Well, I think that brings up a really important point, which is something that that I did ask um, everyone on Instagram about was about masturbation. 
because mm-hmm. I feel like, again, especially in Utah, I, a lot of my listeners are here in Utah. There's mm-hmm. a very big stigma around it. And I know even people who are quote unquote, like comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. with their sexuality, still feel uncomfortable with the concept of it or with you know talking about it and I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. just view it with such a negative connotation and it's really not necessary so before we answer a few more questions I'd love to hear I don't know maybe like your advice for someone I don't know like just just going into that headspace of like okay I want to learn what's going to work for me but I have this Mm -hmm. like shame or guilt or I feel uncomfortable like how to work through that. Um, You know, it's interesting because, you know, so I live here in Utah as well. And I assumed that a lot of these were Utah issues and they're Mm -hmm. not. They are, the majority of my following is outside of Utah. Mm -hmm. And uh, these are problems everywhere. This this shame that we love to put Mm -hmm. on masturbation and sex and tabooness and all of it, this is universal, uh, Mm -hmm. especially in the United States. We are so deeply puritan here Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so it's just crazy um in terms of masturbation i feel like when you do the work to learn how to love yourself and to love your body um it kind of leads into i think being more open-minded to the idea of masturbation and one of the reasons that i've brought up too like Mutual masturbation is such a fantastic way to bond with your partner and not necessarily have to worry about having full-on intercourse. We really put so much weight on penis and the vagina, penetration, and intercourse, and that being the end-all be-all of of everything. And so many people believe, like, if I don't have intercourse, what anything else I do otherwise, it doesn't really count as sex and it's not as good and it's not as, and that's just not true. You know, I I look at a lot of people and like I I mentioned before that, that person who's three months postpartum and maybe could really use an orgasm, but really doesn't have it in them to have sex, like to have Mm -hmm. intercourse. Masturbation could be such a fantastic way to enjoy an organ your body right right and like to to enjoy some intimacy because like i said i i'm all about mutual masturbation i think that's such a fun thing to do with your partner mm-hmm. um and i'm all about like like i don't know i think it's something that you need to talk about in your own relationships as well like my husband and i have like an open like if the wind catches you and you feel you know up for right. it you knock yourself out if you're in the shower right. and you're like man I really could, could go for this right now. And I'm not around, like, feel free. Right. <laughs> like, but that needs to be something that you and your spouse have talked about, or your partner yeah. talked about, that you're both comfortable with, you're both, you know. And I, I get really upset too because I do have, um, I, I have met, I have friends even that are like, well, I'm not going to have sex with my husband, but he's also not allowed to, to do anything like that. Right. And it's like, well, they are, I think a lot of people feel like they're, I don't know, like it is still a physical need. Like it's, you know, and I think a lot of people expect, well, because I'm not in the mood for it. Yeah. They also 
Right. And it's like, well, that's not fair. No. <laughs> you know, if you're going to if you're going to cut a part of your the intimacy of your relationship out, like obviously that does not excuse, you know, things that are off the table, like having yeah. an affair or things like that. But I think that there does need to be like an understanding. There needs to be more conversation around yes. it. There needs to be a discussion about it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it can be um someone put it in such perfect black and white terms. Um because so if we go refer to like the, the five love languages, we have like, you know, uh physical touch, mm-hmm. which a lot of times is intimacy and sex, um, words of affirmation, you know, uh gifts. Uh, I can't I'm not doing a good job with no, you're fine. Right now, but but she she was talking about this and she was like i mean imagine if your spouse was like i don't want to talk to you anymore true oh my god you're right is anyone gonna die no and it's hard because you have to be really careful painting sex as like a need mm-hmm. um it's not necessarily a need it's but it is a, definitely a love language just like talking right and it's <laughs> and important if- in a relationship and it's important in a relationship. And if your partner said to you, I'm not going to talk to you anymore, how long would that relationship last? But for some reason, because we've made sex taboo, because we've made sex this like, it's not necessarily something I like have to do. It's something if I like kind of want to, mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, and especially if it's you're the lower libido in the relationship, mm-hmm. you have to take your partner's love language and you need to equate it to whatever your love language is. And if your love language is words of affirmation and their love language is physical intimacy, you have to realize if you cut them off from intimacy, it would be like them cutting you off from words of affirmation right. and and really, you know, internalize how difficult and hard that would be on you. Yeah. So do you have any tips, I guess, for people who are coming to this realization of like, like people who just heard that and it really just hit them like how do you have any advice for ways that they can include that intimacy I mean I guess you know there's masturbation which we were just talking about Mm -hmm. but if you know so they're having that conversation and you know they're trying to figure out what they're comfortable with what do you like do you have any advice for people who want to increase their libido so they can be intimate with their partner as well mm-hmm. because i think that i mean that still is like an important part of you know like yes because there's an intimacy like what is the word i'm trying to think of like aspect to it well, as well like that it's with so your partner what i'm what i'm big on is um make it like if you're the lower libido partner Mm -hmm. what would make sex easier on you and and maybe that looks like not having intercourse um every single time maybe that looks like um providing like manual stimulation for your partner every once in a while Mm -hmm. maybe that looks like um like i said mutual masturbation maybe that looks like using a toy to make it so low effort Mm -hmm. for for you if you're lower libido you know um and this is a conversation to have with your partner mm-hmm. because I think you have to recognize as a partner, okay, like, I think it's really important to meet the needs of my partner. And then I think it's okay to go to them and go, look, I'm touched out or I don't have a libido right now, or I'm struggling with this, this, and this. Um, what can we do? What can we do to make sure both our needs are met? You know, and that might look like, 
Um, for some, libido is a health concern, so you might want to do a medical rule out. Uh, for others, it might look like hiring a sex therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge fan. Kristen Hodson is actually up in northern Utah. She's in Salt Lake. She's incredible. Um, she has an entire crew called the Healing Group that they work with with people um, through a lot of this. So maybe it's hiring a sex therapist. Maybe it's hiring a therapist. Um, it's it's finding ways to continue to have an intimate relationship that are going to be easy for whoever's maybe struggling at the time. No, that's really good. I think it really comes down to like that communication of like, you have to be willing to, yeah, like sit down and really lay out your needs and lay out the needs of your partner Mm -hmm. and figure out how to make them all connect in the easiest way possible for both of you to make it mutually beneficial. And for some people that's scheduling, we've really wrapped up this like sex has to be spontaneous Mm -hmm. to count and it has to be intercourse to Mm -hmm. count and it has to be like we have this long list of things that it has to be. And I'm really a big fan of just just getting rid of the list. Mm -hmm. You know, it it doesn't have to be spontaneous like in. So I'm I'm the higher libido Mm -hmm. typically in my relationship. And I know that most Friday nights and like most Sundays, I'm probably going to get laid. Mm -hmm. And so because I know that, I really don't bug him too much unless it is like really perfect, like Mm -hmm. situation, like the situation is too perfect. And he is kind of more willing because he's like, look, she's not bugging me for this every single Mm day. So I'm willing to put out. (laughs) I love that. It's funny. That's that's how our relationship dynamic is too. And mm-hmm. and it I feel like once you like you said once you kind of release that pressure and you know mm-hmm. like and it doesn't like you said like you know that most Fridays and Sundays, but that doesn't mean you've mm-hmm. even if you do pencil in that's fine, but because you've released yeah. that pressure of asking for it every day and then being let down when he says no, you're mm-hmm. both more relaxed. And so it's yep. likely to happen more often, like just on I the fly. Totally. I don't, uh, I typically don't wear lingerie. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't go get into lingerie because if I spring that on him and he's just super not in the mm-hmm. mood, then he feels terrible. Right. Then I feel right. terrible. <laughs> so like there's just some things that we've learned over the years that like, I don't push too hard. Mm-hmm. And he tries to say yes. Yeah. And if I ask, yeah. you know, because he knows that I'm not pushing all the time. Yeah. And I, I think you kind of have to work on finding that balance. I had attached so much to sex too, especially in our early marriage. And the more I started to look at it, like I was asking for a sandwich. And I, I think this is great too. Like if your husband's like, Hey, I'm going to make you a sandwich. What do you want on your sandwich? make sex that simple that's true what do you want on your sandwich well i would really like peanut butter and jelly tonight or i'm really in the mood for ham and cheese with pickles (laughs) (laughs) same thing it can be that easy Mm -hmm. with telling your partner what you want yeah i think i think you've really hit it right on the head where it's i think we've unnecessarily complicated so many areas of relationship and i think I don't know. I mean, do you feel like a lot of it has to come down to like education um, or yeah. I mean, I I was homeschooled, so I know that I am not the typical person where it comes to sex education, but I really did not have a lot 
of understanding. I learned it all when yeah. I got married. <laughs> And I, I, I mean, I don't know that you would have learned a right. whole lot more in public school, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, I remember like after I got married, like, I mean, I learned how everything worked when I got married. I did not know mm-hmm. how an erection worked. I did not know, mm-hmm. literally was at zero. And, and oh, so yeah. it was this, I mean, it was so confusing and uncomfortable. And so I think for a long time, in the beginning of our marriage, I felt uncomfortable bringing those things up. And I think that's how mm-hmm. it is for a lot of people that if you don't know about something, you don't want to talk about it. You know, you don't want to get embarrassed. Mm-hmm. You don't want to, you know, have someone else know more than you or make you feel totally. uncomfortable. And so I think you just keep your mouth shut and hope for the best. But then I think that's also where you start to build resentments. And, you know, mm-hmm. every single time you get rejected, it just, like feels personal rather than like you said they just aren't in the mood for a sandwich and and that's fine and and having that communication is what's going to keep your relationship alive (laughs) absolutely well the thing that i'm excited about is i think our generation is fed Mm -hmm. up we're we were we're tired we were not happy that all this was sprung on us and that we had to, to, to figure it out. And it's weird to me because I feel like all the generations before had it sprung on them. I feel like we're the first one to really like be upset enough yeah. about it to finally be making change. Um, but one of the reasons I tell people it's so essential to talk to your partner about sex is because the more comfortable you get saying those words to your partner, the more capable you're going to be when your children need to hear them. That's true. It's such a good practice run to be able to say penis and vagina mm-hmm. and clitoris and vulva. When you are comfortable saying those things to your partner, or your spouse, they're, they're going to roll right off your tongue when you're talking to yes. your kids and they're not going to be a thing. Your vulva, your elbow, your nose, all parts of yes. your body. That's something that my husband and I were really like is really important to us is having that body positivity and sex positivity with our children because mm-hmm. we don't want like we do not plan on telling them that they have to wait till they're married we don't want any sort of shame associated with any of that we want them to you know know that they can come talk to us about stuff and know that we can be a resource to them but we've never used weird nicknames for anything it is yeah. all penis vagina like you know and mm-hmm. it's and it's it's really nice because my son can come to me and say, my penis hurts or please wipe my penis yeah. or, you know, and we're working on letting him know that mom doesn't have a penis because I'll pee. And then he'll mm-hmm. say, mom, wipe your penis. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm like, <laughs> Thanks, thank son. you very much. It's, it's a vagina. <laughs> but, yep. but yeah, I think that's really important is that if we want, you know, we're, we're so tired of these issues. And so we're the ones who can change that for our children yep. because we don't want them to have those same issues like I I think when I when we first started having kids I had this like shame-based mindset where I was really scared because I was like that he's gonna grow up and then he's gonna go out and do who knows what and you know like and I can't control it and I want to control it and tell him that he you know can't have <laughs> sex until he's married and all of this stuff like I was told mm-hmm. but then I think about the fact that I didn't know how sex worked at all until I started having mm-hmm. sex with the man I married. And I don't want that for him. I want him to 
know what yeah. he likes and be comfortable with himself and and not feel that shame and like all of those icky feelings when he decides to become sexually Absolutely. active. So I love that, like changing that narrative for the next for the next mm-hmm. generation. I want my kids to feel like they can mm-hmm. come talk to me. I, I was so upset going to maturation in fifth grade to have this mm-hmm. sprung on me. I couldn't believe that everyone had been walking around keeping this terrible right. secret from me that we bleed once a month. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. horrified me that I just didn't know this and that this happened. And so it was really important to me that my girls just have known. Always. They, they've never not known mm-hmm. about periods um it it was nice they were old enough to see me kind of go through a pregnancy and so they started asking a lot of questions like but how did he get Mm -hmm. in there but how did that work because you know i love when they first ask because you're like well dad has a sperm and mom has an egg and the sperm and the egg meet up and then they get a baby and my kids for a long time were like okay cool and then finally we were driving one day my daughter was like but wait how did dad get his sperm to the egg and you can sense the panic and you're like okay okay let's let's talk about this so i just explained it to her i was like we did this and they were like oh all right they're like kind of gross but whatever well it just and it's funny because it was just more just like they, they, and, and so much of what I've read is like if you explain this to them before they have any mm-hmm. hormones in play it truly is just like I like oh well, right good to know you know and then they just kind of go on about their day and uh and so I, I I really tried to just answer any of their questions as they come we have a whole mm-hmm. supply of books at their fingertips that they can go dig into anytime they have questions or want to know more or want to read about it because I want to make as many books available as possible because I don't that, want them that's on true and if they know that they have a resource very easy to access, they're not going to yeah. think to Google it because that's when you get into. Exactly. <laughs> right. That's right. Well, it, because then you don't. And I think that's that's not a matter of like wanting to control what happens to your children. That's keeping them safe. Right. No, right. And safety. that's that's a totally different. <laughs> that's a different. Yes. Struggle <laughs> battle. <laughs> But this comes back to, guys, this is how important it is to talk Mm -hmm. to your spouse or your partner about sex because it puts you in a position to better educate Mm -hmm. the next generation. They need it so badly. Um, Okay. So a few more questions that we got. Um, So you already, one question that we got was a few people asked specifically to have you explain the difference between vagina and vulva and all that. And you already did that, which is wonderful. Um, I I think so many people don't it just it boggles my mind how many people don't understand the difference but then also I didn't know the difference mm-hmm. for the longest time so you know it's just yeah it's <laughs> education failed so many of us um so another question that we got was whether or not it's more awkward to have two virgins having sex together or having just one person be a newbie you know I had not um both my husband and I Mm -hmm. had never had sex before we got married and that's been my only experience and it was (laughs) so much fun (laughs) 
I it's still it just cracks me up because it's such a race to like we can do things we should do stuff we should do yeah. all the things right now <laughs> I think back my husband and I were both virgins when we met too and I think my husband and I actually talked about it while right before we called you um I was like well what do you think like you know and he and he was like well you know I think if it's if one person knows what they're doing and the other person doesn't then you know then they can kind of help them and I was like well in my experience <laughs> when you both don't know what you're doing yeah you know it can be awkward but neither of you know what you're doing and so I think I mean yeah. as long as right exactly I Pros mean I think cons. either way I think again it comes down to communicating what you want that you know it can be really awkward if you guys aren't talking about it or it can be really awkward because one of you has an expectation the other one doesn't and so you kind of have to it's I feel like just awkward the best way to approach any of this going curious mm -hmm. going to any new sexual exploration curious mm -hmm. and open-mindedly curious I, I think if you do that with any sexual experience that you have you're so much more likely to have a good time and to learn about yourself and whoever you're with you know just going curious yeah no I think that's I think that's such like a good thought as we're like wrapping this up that like communication and curiosity <laughs> mm -hmm. because and I think I think a lot of us do get curious about things and then like we were talking about it just you know there's shame there's all these feelings mm -hmm. like you don't want to get judged and so you don't communicate those things and I think that's I don't know I think that I think in a relationship you really just have to like be open with those things and like when you are curious yeah. and and be willing to yeah like when you're getting in that routine <laughs> where mm -hmm. you know you have sex on the same day every single week and that's it and you do the same thing being willing to be like okay I Break it up like you know what I, I got I got this thing and I think we should try yeah. it out tonight how do you feel about that and you know mm -hmm. and yeah I think again like this is a good time to to try new things go on Amazon, read a bunch of reviews, get a good toy, yep. <laughs> you know, exactly. just, just, you know, sit down and talk to your partner and be like, okay, what, what is like the thing like that you want to do? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think there are a lot of things that we don't talk about with our partner because we don't want to embarrass them or put pressures on them. But I think I love I love that sandwich analogy like so much like when I think about it yeah. just to be able to say how would you feel about this kind of sandwich and then they can say yeah. I don't think that sounds good and then just mm -hmm. no pressure you can be like cool that's fine yeah we're not emotionally attached to it right. it doesn't hurt our feelings if they don't feel like ham and cheese right it's just a sandwich <laughs> I love that so yeah. much okay so tell everyone well do you have anything else that you'd like to like leave everyone with don't fake orgasms guys <laughs> really 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 guys now if you um, if you have been now is the time to yeah, stop now's the time to stop get a copy of come as you are you mm -hmm. will not regret it it's such a great book yeah perfect um well tell everyone where they can find you so i am at the vaginablog.com 
I really mostly live on Instagram though at the vagina blog. Um, and then you can find the vagina blog podcast anywhere where you can find podcasts. Perfect. I'm so excited. As soon as we're done, I'm going to go subscribe so I can start listening to your podcast. Well, thank you so much, April, for coming on the podcast tonight. It was so much fun to get to chat with you and learn. And I hope, I feel like everyone definitely will have come from this with something. So I'm so happy. Everyone go and follow her. She posts so many like little gems on Instagram and she's such a joy to follow. So, um, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, well, with that, um, I will see you all next week. We love you. Good night. Love you. Good night. (laughs)